Welcome back to Basic Binges on the Nom Talk Network, uh, where tonight it's a bittersweet evening for, for everyone, folks, because this is our final Last of Us discussion for the season. Um, hopefully we'll get the chance to do this with you guys again, uh, season two. And we want to thank you guys so much for uh, sticking with us for all nine episodes um, it's been an amazing journey, just like it's been an amazing journey for Joel and for Ellie. As you guys can see, I'm prepping for, you know, uh, the harsh winter and cordyceps invasion. So, um, you know, I, I had to represent for this group and for this, you know, final episode. Um, plus, I'm rocking a Gatewalker Saga shirt as well, um, which I'm very happy to, to be rocking. I think we all are. Um, but... Tonight is not about me. It is about us. It is about all of us. It is about the last of us. Um, so uh, <laughs> I can't do this alone. Just much like Ellie, I can't do this alone. And uh, I would love to introduce, um, at least for the final time this season, um, our panel of amazing guests and, uh, you know, uh, co-hosts, um, I should say. Um, I'll start with Mr. Jordan Orozco. How would you? How are you, Jordan? <laughs> Good. It's it, I. I can't believe we're at the end, right? We like are. I felt like episode one. I was like, "This could take forever," and then <laughs> uh, it's like we're now at episode nine, season finale, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm so sad." But it's good to see you all. Um, I'm sipping on my wonderful, traditional Mai Tai slash Nam Talk Tai that I'm like. Uh, yeah, drinking, and then I made some wonderful homemade beef stroganoff. Um, oh my god! That I made myself, and it was delicious. And I'm so excited to just eat all of this because I love when I make this. Um, but I made it in a cast iron skillet, and it's really good. It's just like a little bit of sirloin, some egg noodles, um, and then you obviously put like brandy and like all this wonderful things into the mix, and it's just amazing so dude um, oh that sounds so yummy it sounds yeah i feel like i feel like i'd be like a really good cook in the last of us um and that's all i could do that's all you're like you're a total bill man i mean like with leftovers there you're just like making freaking beef stroganoff and fancy shit you know i love it but i will fuck delicious I yeah, of course. Time I used just it. like Bill, but, but because but because it is the Last of Us, it's like oh, but I didn't I didn't use beef. I remember that venison that you caught the other day. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I am not David. <laughs> and then they just walk in with a venison, you know? <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. I mean, Awkward. well, no, I mean, like just in general, like it seems like that area of it seems like I don't know about I don't know if you've noticed, but like throughout the entire Last of Us, no one's really eating beef. Yeah, no yeah. one's eating beef. Beef jerky, no maybe, but that's a maybe, you know. maybe jerky. But like, but they don't even specify really if it's beef jerky. They and and all the beef products that we see are like that fucking beefaroni that we see at the beginning of the episode. So yeah. like, I'm wondering like, maybe I'm wondering if maybe the cordyceps had like a reaction to the bovine in the area because, like, as we. I mean, uh, I mean, we will talk about all some of this, but like, we clearly see that certain animals aren't affected by the cordyceps. So, like, like they're eating the rabbits, they're eating the deer, they're eating, yeah. you know, and 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 it's clearly, you know, zoo animals seem to be like just chilling. So, like, <laughs> theories, theories. 
Maybe. Theories, things that they could explore in season two for sure. Oh but, my yeah. gosh, yes. Yeah. But, um, uh, oh, but 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 as far as I'm eating, uh, I have this uh, lovely ginger ale that I got from uh, uh, Whole Foods. Uh, so hopefully it's it, it's a little bit better. It's naturally flavored. I like that. Um, also, I have a pizza that's in the oven, which is going to be popping in a couple seconds. Um, which and you know, like uh, like uh, Jordan said before the uh, the episode, you know, it's not delivery; it's late. <laughs> so <laughs> that was Mike. Uh, my dad, oh, was that Mike? My, yeah. my, pun, my pun was terrible, and then oh, Mike it's was totally like, fine. Delivery, it's delayed. <laughs> ah. All good, all good. Um, but yeah, if you got to get your pizza at the risk of uh, not having your just, house, just, <laughs> my, yeah, go ding, go ding, yeah, go ding, go ding. Yes, go get it. I'll be hearing this thing as it goes. I- I'll be listening to this, and you'll hear me screaming probably through my microphone. So sure thing, yeah, let's, sure let's keep going. All right, audience. So that was Kenji, um, and that will be the last that we see of Kenji for this evening. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, we'll 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 get him back in a second. He's just going to get food. He's foraging for food, just like Joel and Ellie. But that being said, um, what an episode! What a season of television. Let's be honest. Uh, it's it's such a a harrowing, uh, harrowing series so far. Um, at least in its first season, and a harrowing series like this could not be as masterful if the conclusion was not also equally as devastating. And we saw that it was. And for those of us who played the game, um, who, by the way, I know the one the one member of this panel who could not be here tonight is the one who hasn't played the game. Uh, our love, of course, to Carolyn Potting, who I know is out there. We're hoping that you're traveling safely. Uh, we, we love you. We miss you. Um, we will definitely catch up with you when season two starts. Um, but for the most part, uh, we wish you were here with us. But that being said, everyone else on this panel has had the pleasure of playing both games. Um, and, uh, we sort of know, well, we knew what was going to happen at the end of this one per the course for the end of that first game. And we sort of have an inkling, depending of course, on if they change things of what's going to happen in the future for Joel and Ellie. And none of that would be possible without the very monumental events of what happens in this episode. Because there's so much here that acts as an inciting incident for future events for Joel and Ellie, at least per part two. And, you know, the games are concerned. So having said that, Jordan Orozco, what are your thoughts overall on this finale episode of season one? Man, it was a doozy. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I did play the game up to a certain point and I didn't actually finish it. But That's right. That's because, right. you know, like hashtag spoilers, hashtag all that stuff. Right. Like you get bits and pieces of like what's going on, like what's happening and like how it, you know, how it functions. Right. And I think for me, um, this this episode and, and like what happened overall was just like. Oh, okay. And it, so it, 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 you know, it like starts with like Joel and Ellie after, you know, the incident um, with David and with everybody. And there is no acknowledgement of like trauma or like of anything that happened. And that really got me like that hooked me in that because I was pissed off at Joel, 
for him not being like, hey, let's like talk about this. Let's address this. But he's a dude, right? Like, and he's like, hey, it's cool, right? And I'm like, fuck, like, no, it's not cool. And then for like Ellie, who's like super protected because of her past, super protected of all that. But also she's a female and like deals with, you know, extra things that males don't have to deal with when it comes to sexualization, misogyny, right? And like all that stuff. Not only does she have to process that for herself, but like she now has Joel who she like loves and like he she respects and he's not asking her like, hey, like let's unpack this, right? And there's no, like, right, like, there's no psychologist, there's no therapist, right? you know? And so that's what pissed me off in, like, the beginning of this episode. I'm like, Joel, like, come on, like, come on a level and just be like, hey, let's just, like, try to unpack this a little bit and then, like, maybe deal with, you know, the rest of what's going on. But we don't really get a chance to see that because then we get this whole incident where she's taken by you know, the fireflies and like they get to this place. Right. And then it's just like a whole slew of shit that happens after that. So um, I, you know, much like Kenji, I was like, I was, I was anticipating the worst, but, but also like it was, it was also uh, delivered to the point where I wasn't disappointed, but I was still like, Oh, like we have a whole nother season to go of this fucking shit. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it, it it was good. It was good. It's kind of it, and I love that you brought all of that up because to me, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Joel's never been the most forthcoming person from the very get go. The second episode, he's just like, maybe we should just keep our past to ourselves, you know, and all that stuff. He didn't want to talk about anything. He's never wanted to talk about his feelings, especially when it came to Sarah when it came to everything even as as close as he's gotten to ellie over the past several um you know months uh that this occurs basically a full year i would say right um he yeah. he doesn't talk he doesn't talk at all about any of this stuff and again he he didn't it's also kind of interesting because you see a shift in both ellie and joel's characters it's like their influence on one another has sort of rubbed off on each other right because yeah. We're we're seeing Joel being incredibly hyperverbal, you know, like going through trucks and and playing games and stuff like that. And he's he's doing what dads do when their daughters don't open up. He's not talking about it, but he's trying to be friendly. And then we see Ellie just kind of being incredibly reserved and incredibly um, not forthcoming about the things that she's feeling. You know, I mean. She's obviously experiencing trauma because of everything that happened with David. And why wouldn't she? But there's also this impending and looming, um, you know, future that might potentially not include Joel. You know, she's reaching the end of their journey. Right. And she's thinking about all of this. And it's a lot. It's a lot for a kid to process, especially if you're being told that you're going to be the savior of mankind. Um, so it's funny, actually, that. Joel picked up some of the best traits from Ellie, you know, mm -hmm. um, and she picked up some of the worst traits from him, you know, mm -hmm. a, a proclivity towards violence in a lot of ways, you know, um, and as well as as kind of just this this bottling up. Joel is such a wonderful like father in some ways, but he's also a terrible role model in so many others. And it's it's really 
you know, we see we see that definitely at the end of this episode, um, which we'll get into for sure. But um, yeah, it's a lot of I I really have to wonder between winter and spring because we're in spring, you know, when this when this episode kind of kicks off, um, you have to wonder whether or not things would be different and events later on in the future will be different would have been different if they'd actually addressed a lot of this so really good points jordan i mean about about joel not really helping ellie process these feelings you know so yeah um kenji what are your thoughts about the episode overall and also is your pizza good no no burning nothing like that right yeah oh god i already had a slice goddamn it looks goddamn delicious, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. I put a little bit. I, I drizzle a little bit of ranch dressing on it. Yes, I'm one of those people. No, uh, it looks delicious, man. Go, go for uh, it, dude. Well, so first of all, I, I well, this episode, I think it was a very nice bow as far as uh, helping wrap up this television season. Uh, absolutely. However, the thing I will say is that um, I, I feel like we we haven't even addressed the fact that we had Ashley Johnson yeah. in the opening. Yeah, playing Ellie's mom, which yep. was yes. freaking awesome. Basically, we have, it's in a way, passing of the Ellie's torch. mom. In a way, Ellie's mom. In a way, because like because she's the person who mothered slash originated that role. Yeah, is like giving birth to like this version of the story, and it's kind of like it's an interesting take on it. But I, I, that's kind of like how I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And of course, because I'm just weird. I I I go into like this weird like ah but uh um but I will say like first of all I think it was crazy because like I it's also kind of like one of those things where you realize like oh yeah she's it also kind of helps put into perspective just how much time has passed since the first game came out because she was essentially Ellie's age when the first game came out I mean where she was like eighteen or nineteen when she did the first did the mocap for the first game so like she's it's very it's very interesting to see like she's a much you know older much more mature actress now and it's very interesting to see like the choices that she's made and like the choices that she makes as an actress and just a really amazing performance i thought it was really good she and i I don't know if you guys saw the bts footage but she said like this was her first time doing like a birth scene in any capacity so for like to do someone on such like an intense level that's like I think that I think you just did a phenomenal job, and I love that there's trying they're finding ways to like bring actors from like the original series, like yeah. it's from the original games into it. Now all we just need is Nolan North, and we can have our bingo card filled, right? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> we we got Troy, we got Ashley, we got um, Marlene. I uh, forgot um, the actress. Uh, Merle, yeah, it was Merle something or uh, Marlene yeah. something. Like that. I can't remember if I. Yeah, and then we also got Jeffrey Pierce, who who plays um, Tommy in the games as well, was in the show. Um, yeah. It's it's obviously when you've got someone like Neil Druckmann as a co-creator of the show, you know you're going to get his original cast in there somehow. Um, I do love actually that Ashley of all the the voice actors got really the most prominent role because it's it's the closest to her role more so than. Jeffrey Troy. Well, obviously, with with uh, the actress that plays Marlene, you know, it's it's Marlene. But um, yeah, Ashley, Ashley, it's it's wonderful to see her passing passing that torch and passing the mantle down to uh, uh, Bella. Um, who it's kind of funny. So my mom also watches the show, 
And apparently when she heard when she heard um, Ashley Johnson speaking, she's like, oh, my God, it sounds exactly like Bella Ramsey doing um, uh, uh, Ellie. And I was like, yeah, that's a testament to how good Bella Ramsey is. <laughs> she didn't even watch the game. She didn't even play the game. She watched maybe a couple scenes, but then she just nailed it. So I, I love that you called it out, Kenji. That was yeah, Ashley's yeah. intro. Amazing. Um, overall, the episode, you know, devastating. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, it's it, I love how they did. It, 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 I think it was a great way to tie it up overall. I think it was a great adaptation for like the final moments of that of the first game. And I mean, not only as a game fan, but also as just a viewer of good television. I thought it was really yeah. well done. I thought the action sequences were phenomenal like it was very and i also loved the little nods to like very much like video game like moments like oh there's a ladder over there come on i'll give you a boost so you can lower it down you know like moments like that which are just beautiful so yeah it's i I thought it was i thought it was just great i I had no complaints about this episode i mean honestly i don't think i've had any complaints about any of these episodes yeah I, I did love the the whole like god damn it Ellie because the planner just like drops and like uh that was really funny. Um so Q who is on here, we love you, buddy. Um, thank you for redeeming a couple of things. Uh the first one is hydrate. So everybody uh hydrate. Um take take a swig. I am actually without my coke today. Uh I apologize for that. So I I will fake drink. Did a bear take all your coke? A bear took all my coke. Yes, exactly. And then went on the went to the Oscars. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So hopefully everyone hydrate. And then I guess Q, uh, you wanted to redeem your so punny, uh, and I think you've you've named me. Um, uh, I really hope I really hope I don't disappoint you here. Um, you know, I I. I think I might be the last of us uh, to be uh, to be a redeeming punny. Um, I, I don't think that that works as a pun, so I'm I'm gonna try and think of something. Um, <laughs> Mike, you're punny. What's wrong with you? I don't know. When, I, I, when the I thought it was okay. On, it's different. It's different. I mean, it's the pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's the pressure. It's it's the pressure, you guys. Um, I mean, like you know, um, it's kind of ironic that uh, you know Joel, Joel and Ellie next get to see the draft scene. I think the draft scene's amazing, and the ironic part about that is, you know, um, with 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 characters like Joel and Ellie, um, you know, Ellie seeing a giraffe for the first time and then hanging out with Joel, who's just stuck his neck out for her the whole time. You know, it's OK. That's the closest thing to a pun that you're going to get. Probably, guys, that was that was terrible. I was trying to find a connection there. It didn't work. So, I mean, it worked. It 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 it's semi. Honestly, I thought the first one. I mean, I will say it's definitely not as good as the first one. But I thought the first I'm the one last of us to do the you're so punny thing. Okay, that works. That works. All right, all I right. Thank the you. The last of us to do you're so funny. I thought that it worked looks, great. It does look like yeah. It looks like Cuball liked it enough. So there you go. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, Cuball. Um, Thanks for being merciful, Q. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, no, I let's 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 get into it, actually, because we touched on Ashley Johnson's intro. Very important. I'm very glad, actually, that we got to uh, see this devastating moment. It's not in the games, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ellie's mother is not in the games. Her relationship with Marlene is not specified in the games either. Um, and we see this very harrowing scene 
um, where Marlene is given a choice, of course, you know, save the baby or and 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 kill her friend um, or just let her friend like live and become a zombie or whatever. Um, and she she does what a soldier does. Um, and she she takes she takes the choice. She takes the, the difficult choice and, and makes it. And I think that that's kind of a theme that kicks off this episode because this episode is all about difficult choices and what people do when that that they're faced with that difficult choice. Um, so I I also love that we sort of answer the question as to why Ellie is immune from the cordyceps. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I think that that's very important. That's something that's never even been answered in the games. Um, so I'm glad that we got that. Um, what did you guys feel about that? I, I guess like in terms of how they sort of answered this, since we never really got that information before, was it mind blowing for you, uh, Jordan? I'll start with you. Yeah, it was. It, it was really interesting because, um, you know, I didn't know that that was the voice act actress until the B BTS right, like we're like watching it, and I was like, "That's right, you sound like her, but you're older." Um, and uh, it, it, it sort of gives us a little bit of insight. And this is what I love about when TV adaptations take on game, um, or, you know, games in general, is the fact that, like, especially when the director is involved, they can explain things that they really couldn't explain in the games, right? Because yes. when you when when you're sitting in a game, you're like, I need to be entertained the whole time because you're doing this, but you're also focusing on it. And then you're like, here's the story. I, it's going too long. I have to play. Right. And in a, in a, you know, TV version, you get to sort of explain the things that you don't normally get to explain in a video game. And I really like this aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Um, where, you know, we don't see that um, she's bitten until, after it happens, right? Like, you're like, oh, she survived. Like, let's, you know, let's do it, blah, blah, blah. And then um, we get that whole story that was unpacked. And I knew that wasn't a part of the original video game. Um, just because you can tell, you can kind of like tell what's going on. Um, but, you know, uh, I have, you know, my best friend's going through something like kind of similar. Um, and so this entire scene was super emotional for me. So, just straight out from the from the beginning um it was it was hard to watch right because i'm like what would i do in that situation right like of course i'd take you know of course i'd take her kid of course i would do what she did but it would be super hard right and um you know so just just from like jump i was like this is gonna be a hard episode like i was like i'm just gonna ball through the whole thing um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was, it's interesting because, um, you know, Ellie's mom is like, I, I, I cut her umbilical cord b before, like, she's like, it's, she's okay. She's okay. She's fine. She's fine. And she's like, oh, I can't take that risk. And then she's like, fine. You know, and she takes her and then, you know, you can, the thing that's scary is you can hear her suffering and you can hear her sort of like turning, right? And then she just goes in and she's like, I gotta do what I gotta do, right? Um, and Marlene does, you know, shoot her, you know, in the end. And so um, it was it was really emotional, right? Like, and then it leads up to everything that sort of, you know, happens in the end of the episode. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, 
it was harrowing. It was uh, necessary, but also it was just super emotional to get through. Yeah. Uh, agreed on all accounts. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's really interesting. The, the science, I guess, behind her cutting the umbilical cord and then thinking that, you know, the baby's not infected, but technically speaking, she is, but only because the cordyceps think that it's, you know, they're, they're part of her already, I guess it's, it's the weirdest thing ever, but yeah. creepy. Um, Kenji, what about you? What'd you think of really, um, this, this, the, the explanation of the cure, all of that, you know, the thing is, yeah, the thing I hate about this is that because one part of me is like, I, it actually makes me happy that one, it's like, okay, we, it's like, while I'm happy that we do have an origin story as to like, or an explanation as to why this is happening. Like I really wanted it to be that it was just purely nature doing what it was supposed to doing what it does which is evolve and adapt and i thought i was really hoping that that would be the case and because like remember they even bring up in earlier episodes like how many people were also immune that ended up getting that also ended up getting killed because the scanners went off you know and it's like that moment it's like but now it's like at this point it's like okay well at this point it's like okay well now there's no other option it's like there is no it's like the only now at this point it's like there's no doubt it's like the only reason why that would ever these alarms would ever go off is because you are bit you know you are bit you're not immune you just are you know there's nothing it's like i mean because like let's face it the odds of someone doing exactly and i mean exactly what Ellie's what Ellie's mom did, you know, like yeah, the numbers become very, 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 very small ultimately, and and it also brings kind of like a little bit of a, a kind of sadness to you because it's like then you realize Ellie really is the only hope, yeah, of humanity, and it's just it's just another extra weight, and I'm just kind of like. I really wanted I, to just be nature. I just wanted to be yeah. nature. Doing a thing, I, man. I, want I feel like. <laughs> I feel like nature would have been a better explanation because here's the thing. Okay. This is going to sound horrible and completely amoral, but let's say you were as desperate for a cure as the fireflies were. And Ellie was not an option for you because someone like Joel would never allow it. And this is going to sound psychopathic. Please do not misconstrue this as something that I would condone, but what I'm totally going to Mike. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but if you're if you're the fireflies and you knew that the reason Ellie was most likely special was because she was bitten at birth or I mean, like her mom was bitten at birth when they had her. What's to stop the fireflies from experimenting on themselves like with pregnant women and infected? There's no shortage of infected. And, you know, you can actually get someone pregnant. And put them in a lab. Someone who's willing to actually sacrifice their, themselves in their lives that isn't named Joel Miller, um, you know. <laughs> like, um, I, I mean, like when you put answers like this, um, you know, in mediums and in games like this, it raises more questions about what people could or could not do. Again, not that I would condone something like that, but the Fireflies could very well experiment with something like that, right? I mean, like that's probably. What Marlene would, I mean, 
well, now that Marlene's dead, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter because no one else really knows what happened to Ellie's mother that night except Marlene. But if you couldn't have Ellie, wouldn't that be a thought that would go through her head? Like, why don't we try this again with another mother and another kid, but one that's willing to the horrible thing to ask, but so is so is murdering Ellie, right? Uh, it's like, all right, now I know you've carried this thing to term and I know your water just broke. So I need you to push and I need you to push. All right. But we also need to make sure that, that cordyceps is on that leash. All right. Like I know this thing is just thrashing and yelling at you, but like it's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, look, look, it's and this is a really horrible comparison. And I really hope this doesn't sound sexist to anyone out there watching, but it's almost like a surrogate mother, right? Like if a surrogate mother were to have a baby for a couple, there's not really, you know, in a lot of cases, there's not, there's maybe some emotional attachment, but ultimately you'd give the baby to the family that's asking you to raise the baby, right? I mean, it's, it's a really horrible analogy, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> It's a yeah, that's a that's a really horrifying like surrogate thing. It's like, oh, by the way, at the end of your surrogate by the end of your surrogation, you're gonna Yeah. You're gonna that's die. Like, yeah, the baby's gonna, gonna die. die. Yeah, everyone's oh, gonna die. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Baby's gonna be okay, but you're gonna die. You're gonna die for sure. No, the baby's not gonna be okay if they have to harvest her like her, like Ellie, you know. I mean, like that's the thing. Oh, Right. Yeah, eventually that baby's gonna grow up. I mean, we're we're going to like matrix level of like, <laughs> of like of like treatment of humans at this point. Yeah, so like, I know it's horrible. It's I'm, horrible. I, it's absolutely horrible. And, and the thing is, I really hate the fact that it's like, I mean, first of all, if it really turned out to be that Ellie is the one and only person, first of all, any medical professional will tell you that's not a good enough. That's, that's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough because if you fuck up, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. Then you just committed murder. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, from but so to be fair, and this isn't me being like you know like super misogynist devil's advocate, but like to be fair, like Joel murders everybody just to get Ellie, and like what justifies, right? Like, and that's what we see in in the BTS, which is like what justifies saving one person for an entire world that might get saved from something like this right yeah because we learn we learn that cordyceps survives in the brain and joel is like late to realize this and marlene's like yeah sorry you gotta go um and if you don't go we're gonna kill you and he's like no fuck that shit right i think i think it's it's you know i think mike has a point where it's like if you were like breeding, like if you were breeding women to like have what essentially is like the stem cells, right? Like of this sort of like cordyceps invasion, right? Is that more ethical than say like getting somebody like Ellie who's like, okay, cool, she can be the cure for the entire world, and then we kill one person for the and right, and then you have like this like sort of you know. Uh, waterfall of like you know okay we can cure people we can do this right and I think this like hits the point of sort of like I don't know what what we sort of see in every typical zombie film tv show at short anything where it's like how do like how do we justify killing one person for the masses right 
And, and, and we see that in this episode, right? Like we see that and we see the guttural sort of like raw human emotion that Joel feels where he's like, it's not worth it. Like, he's like, fuck that shit. I'm going to like, I will kill everybody in the world to not let that happen. Right. As Captain and America it, said, we don't trade lives. Right. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's America's ass. Okay. <laughs> but, but give me a break. But, <laughs> but it is or actually even it, worse. Uh, I'd like to remind the courts that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you're you're right, Jordan. I mean, like it's such a a a really difficult moral and ethical query that 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 is raised in just this this episode, and I think also providing the answer of how Ellie is immune raises even more ethical questions about what you could potentially do if you want to cure it. Like, look, let's say no one had to die except for the mothers of babies that they raise, right? Like that, that, that they raised, right? What if the kids didn't even have to die, you know, and, and you just let this entire generation of people die out, but you raise a generation of Ellie's that are immune. If those mm. Ellie's and kids ended up having kids of their own, you know, you kind of have a Noah's Ark situation, right? Where, generations spawn generations spawn generations that are all immune because you know um you started raising people that were essentially sacrificial lambs and and mothers to let the next generation go that's why i sometimes kind of agree with you kenji like if it, it's sometimes better not to answer any of these questions or to just write it off as nature rather than to provide questions like you know uh uh, uh, answers like this. solid answers yeah yeah because the solid answers could have so many questions like not not plot holes granted this isn't a plot hole you know but it is definitely um something that raises like more questions for sure um but yeah i i do actually want to let's get to it let's get to joel and ellie and the conversation that we were just having right now uh because i think that there's so much more to touch on that and I feel like Jordan, I did cut you off, so I want to give you um, more of an opportunity to even talk about this. Um, and the reason that I'm bringing it up is because Cuball, our good friend, also had a question, was asking the same thing: What would we do if we were in the situation as uh, Joel and Ellie? If if we were Joel, or you know, all that? I think if we were Ellie, we all probably would do the same thing that Ellie we know would do, which is you know. Um, make sure that your death means something, you know, make sure that you try and and save the world, even if that means you dying. But it, I think it's harder to be Joel in that situation. I definitely want to know what you do, um, Jordan. Um, I thought you raised some really good points. Thoughts on thoughts on how you would have handled the Joel situation? <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, so I kind of had a conundrum and I was sitting there watching it and I was like, oh, 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 this is, this is what we're doing. Oh, oh, right. Like I was yeah. like sitting there and I was like, oh, he's, he's going down the path <laughs> of, I will kill anybody that hurts my child. Right. Like I like, uh, I will kill the entire planet. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. But at the same time, I was like, I kind of would like to think that I would do the same thing. Yeah. And and I understood. I understood what was going on. I understood why it was going on, right? 
And I'm like, we've spent eight episodes just loving these characters, getting to know Ellie, getting to know her crassness, right? Like Joel's just like, okay, like, what are you doing? And 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 we built it up. And now it's come down to testing those relationships, right? Like, like, and I I understood what he was doing after like five minutes of watching what he was doing. And I was like, all right, he's gonna shoot this person. Oh, this person's here, he's gonna shoot him. All right, oh, this person, oh, okay. He's he's just gonna fucking take care of it. So I I I want to say I agree with the tactics, but then again, I'm like, fuck, like, I I don't know if I fully agree with that. But at the same time, I'm like, he, he didn't have a choice. He's like, and then he like arrived at the nick of time, right? Like, he's like, oh yeah, like, you know, he gets there and then it's about to happen, right? And that's the moment that I was just like, fuck, like, okay, maybe he was justified in everything that he did, right? And you can't really like pull out, uh, you know, ethics or values or morals, especially in something like this, right? Because yeah. none of us have experienced this. None of us have experienced mm-hmm. a pandemic where it's taken out like 75% of the population, right? And we've never really experienced what's going on in this, right? Like, I think the closest thing that like our generation will get to this is like COVID, right? But COVID didn't really like take out, yeah. right? Not like, on wood. Not going <laughs> but like COVID didn't really take out like the entire population of the earth, right? And like we don't have to like freaking survive, like doing certain things, right? So I think that this brought into question for me, and this is why I like these sort of like TV shows and like movies, is because it brings into question about what would humanity do in a situation that is just like this, right? And I think oh, yeah. Joel played it out in a way where I was like. I'd probably do that. Like I'm sitting here judging yep. from a perspective where I'm like safe, right? Where I'm like safe. I don't have this infection. I don't have anything debilitating, right? And I have to really put myself in that situation where I'm like, that's exactly what I would do. I I think it's definitely the most human thing, actually. I mean, like it's easy enough for us to watch this and see a massacre occurring, but who would not do that? You know, I agree. Um Kenji, what about you? What's your take? What would you do? So I've it's a really weird gray area because I obviously wouldn't want to like murder everybody in the room. Like, I mean, if anything, I I I take the kneecaps, you know what I mean? Just making sure that they really can't go anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but like unless maybe a couple people might bleed out but but (laughs) the idea is that you know but i wouldn't know if i'm about taking everybody's life but with that said though i'm not joel i'm not joel and then when you actually put the the focus on the lens on joel you know you see like he compares ellie to sarah you know so in many ways you know even though he's saying like, nah, you're not like my daughter, what he's saying, it, but there's invisible parentheses at the end that are saying, but I see you like one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see you like you are my daughter. You're not Sarah, but I see you like my daughter. Mm-hmm. I see you as one of my, I, I see you as a daughter, you know? And, and you see that in like how he's very much doting to her because 
you know, it's, it's like his last supper with her and he's, you know, because, and he's thinking like, um, this is going to be the last time I'm ever going to be able to really see, see you for a while, you know, like maybe I'll see you down the road somewhere, but you know, that kind of thing. But just the idea of, and he, he already talks about how like he's, he had lost hope earlier in the beginning of this episode and how he like even tried to take his life at one point, you know, and, and no, so now he's presented with the situation where, remember that hope that you found in episode two um or, or it was an episode yeah no episode three because two was uh bill and uh but anyways uh but yeah uh it's like that it's like yeah well guess what we're gonna it's gonna be gone forever and, you know and you're looking at a man who already went to the brink of he already lost his hope already and he completely was and he lost himself and then he finds another glimmer of hope. And like, if you're just seeing a man who's just so broken and he's just like, I cannot go through that again. Yeah. So when you, and then at that point now you see a man who's not only doing everything to make sure that he can save his, that hope. He's also making sure that nothing could possibly threaten them again, which is why he's like, the people who are like even survive like surrendering there's that guy who's like i'm gonna i'll give you my here's my weapon like i'm good like you just you know like yeah does not care does not care he's like even uh marlene marlene at the very end like that's like one of his like closest friends in a way and he had no problem shooting her in the liver and then completely 86ing her at the very end so like it's it's a man who's it's it's a man who had it's a man who had nothing to lose finally having something to lose and it's terrifying Mm. to see yeah what that could possibly bring out in somebody it's 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 extremely moral it it makes you question morality it's like yeah is what is it's like yes you could understand it but it's also like can you justify any of it can you justify any of this the basically the countless murdering that just essentially of innocent people i mean one of them was straight up a doctor who just went (laughs) yeah it's it's a mass shooting is what it is right i mean that's what it is um i mean absolutely at at a time uh, obviously when we when we're experiencing mass shootings in the country not to not to bring things down even darker than than (laughs) the topic we're already talking about how dare you what the fuck, Mike? <laughs> but 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 yeah, I mean it's it's a mass shooting. But at the same time, in this specific scenario in this story, you know, let's say that he let the guy who dropped the gun and surrendered live. What's to say that that guy would not come after him? You know, like eventually later on. What's to say that you could trust the guy who put the gun down and he keeps walking to the doctor's office and the guy just goes and picks up his gun and tries to shoot Joel in the back and kills Joel? I mean at that point because you're already in motion of doing all this i don't think that there's a way you could stop it without yourself dying you know um the the other thing is and i'm not justifying anything that joel did because i it's actually quite horrifying when you see it on screen it's funny because when you take the control away from the player who is the person that's walking through the hospital in the scenario and shooting the people um you really see how horrifying it is from like an objective point of view. But um, it's 
when you think about who who Joel is as a character, everything that he's lost, his internal failure that's been haunting him for like 20 years is the death of Sarah. Um, his 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 belief, it's the whole reason that he tries to take his life, right? He has nothing to live for. He has no purpose anymore. And he failed to even protect her. And here, here you know, Tess is the same way. You know, he lost Tess. Tess was the only person that he had. He failed to save her. And that's that's all he's been doing throughout this entire time with that we've seen him with Ellie is just failing after over and over and over. Ellie gets kidnapped by David, who saves herself. You know, he he he, of course, was stabbed and it's not his fault, but he feels he fails. And this is his one time where he's like, I'm not going to fucking fail, you know, because I can't fail because I love this person more than anything in the world. So you understand him going through this this insane killing spree. You understand him sacrificing the world, literally sacrificing the world to save this one person. Um, it's not justifiable to your point, Kenji, but sadly, and to your point, Jordan, as well, it is empathetic. We 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 definitely in the same situation would be thinking the same way as Joel. It's it's kind of scary. It's really sad. It's really tragic. It's a shit hand that he was dealt. But it is like literally one of those situations where you have two shit choices to make. We see how Marlene did with with that choice like earlier in the episode. She acted like a soldier and she did it. Um, but Joel was never a soldier. He was a parent. And that's that's what mm. makes him even scarier, you know? Um, so yeah. Um, I, I wanted to move on a little bit, uh, to one of the best scenes in the, in the game, um, I think, which was the draft scene. Um, it's, yes! <laughs> yeah, you, you called it Kenji. I think earlier this season, you were like, I don't know if they're going to put the draft scene in there. Um, and, and they did. Um, and I think it's actually one of the most beautiful and, and sweet moments in the game. I'm glad that they kept it in. Uh, Kenji, I'd love to start with you. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Oh, I was so excited. The second I saw that draft thing, it popped up around the corner. I was like, oh my God, I was so excited. <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite moments in the game because it is such a departure from all the shooting and all the sneaking around that you have to do in the game. It's just such a beautiful break in all in, in that tedi- in that tedium. And so the fact that you suddenly have like this nice beautiful moment where you get to see not just not just have like this peaceful moment, but also just to see that nature in and of itself, while destructive, also has its very beautiful moments. And then you also have like this beautiful moment. Oh, sorry, it's the ginger ale's coming back up. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the bourbon. Uh the I, it's just such a touching moment between Ellie and Joel, like in even in game. So the fact that they kind of used that still as a way to have such a beautiful, touching moment with Joel, and especially Joel and Ellie, especially when it's could also potentially be their their final moments together too. You know, it's, it was it was very poignant, and I thought it was I thought it was beautiful. I was so excited. I was happy. Um, yeah, like, you know, my, my nerd, my, my fan bells were ringing 
And I was just excited. I was super excited. <laughs> Me too. I, I love that they kept it in. Um, Jordan, I mean, you, as someone who didn't, I assume this is kind of the port, one of the portions of the games that you, you, sorry, one of the portion pieces of the game that you might have stopped mm-hmm. before, right? So you didn't get to the giraffe scene when you played, right? Uh, I saw it after. Okay. Oh, you saw it after. I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't play it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. What'd you think when, when you saw it come to life on screen? You know, I was like, Pedro Pascal is smiling. <laughs> Like in the first time in this entire fucking like series, and I was like, "You look daddy when you smile," and I loved it. No, JK, but I. (laughs) It's one of those moments where you wish this was like played out in like episode three or four, right? Right, where you wish there was a moment like this where they could connect and like sort of. Just do that. But at the same time, it sort of fit, right? Like we yeah. we we saw how Ellie had never experienced a giraffe. And then, she, you know, we don't know what's going on, right? Like we only see uh, Joel's perspective. And Ellie's like, come on, hurry. Look what I saw. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, oh, fuck. She's going to get fucking, you know, bit again for like the 800th time. We're going to have to fucking save her ass. <laughs> And then, like, we get to this, like, opening, and then there's a fucking giraffe, and, like, she's like, oh, my God. And it's, like, the first time that we actually see Joel, like, laugh. You know what I mean? Like, and it was a, it was definitely a magical moment, and I was like, oh. But, like, (laughs) everything else, I was like, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna (laughs) happen. And I fucking hate this shit. You can never have happen. happiness on this show. That's just not the Yeah, way. and I'm like, God damn it. And then I was like, cute, but hurry up, man. Like, <laughs> can you just get me to the point where I'm bawling? And uh, that definitely came. That definitely came later. So, I kind of love it because I, I think this moment is... Oh, by the way, uh, two redemptions. One, hydrate, guys. So... Hydrate, and then two, uh, stretch. Everybody just uh, okay. I stretched my hip flexors earlier today, doing some deep lunges, some deep forward lunges. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Who <laughs> All right, thanks for that cue ball. We needed that. Um, I sh- I stretched too long. I'm not gonna lie. Because no. you said I stretched too long, it be- because the way that the green screen works, it looked like it was just cutting off your head, and you're just like, I stretched too <laughs> long. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah, and your your arms are flailing because <laughs> you're stretching. So, and you guys are the last of us. That's, that's <laughs> the that's the theme. Um, <laughs> what I love is in the in the draft scene. So when Joel kills Marlene. And she tells him, you know, um, he tells her she deserves a choice, you know, which is complete bullshit, by the way. He's he's lying to himself and he's lying to Marlene. Um, you know, Marlene tells him that's not what she would choose. And you know it, you know, she, Ellie would want to die. And this giraffe scene is all the evidence that you need to prove that that's the case, because Joel tries to take the out here. He's like, what if we didn't do this? What if we just went to Tommy's? We did nothing, you know, all of that stuff. And, and you know, everything was good. And Ellie flat out tells him, no, we've gone this far. 
after everything we did, we have to see this through. We have to finish this. Um, and he's the one that's hesitating. She's the one that wants to go forward with it, which is why, you know, even though Ellie's unconscious in the moment, you know, she would have chosen her own death. Joel's the one that would have hesitated. And this giraffe scene is, is brutally honest, but also wonderful. And it's funny because, and we really have to touch on this because it's, it's such an important moment, both in the game and in the show, the dichotomy between this giraffe scene and the next scene where we see Ellie and Joel conscious and talking together, it's almost night and day. And I'm talking about the ending, the lie, mm-hmm. as it were, because that's going to be very, very important. It's a very dark moment. And, and things have kind of shifted between them at that point. Um, you know, it's I think the giraffe moment, when you think about it, especially if you've played the games, um, it's so important in this context because I think it's the last good moment that they have together. Quite frankly. Oh, no, no. Actually, no, that's a lie. Never mind. That, there's a couple of other moments um, and the second game. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But it's one, Mike, of, it's one of the last. The last, the, the, the lie of us yeah. is what you just did. <laughs> you know what? It's the, one of the last honest moments that they've had, that they have together is the giraffe moment. That's, I think that's more accurate, right? That's, because from yeah, here on, I love it. it's, yeah, it's, it's um maybe that's what the us is in last of us the last (laughs) of the honest moment yeah very true possibly very possibly so i also kind of want to ask like just you know your thoughts and your opinions on this i think the fireflies really you know they were really eager and quick to dissect the living shit out of ellie right (laughs) i mean like come on she's there for like three hours and they're like well, I guess we have to cut her ass open, you know? And I'm like, yo, I mean, I know that electricity is hard to come by and everything like that these days. Bill man should do it. The whole town of, of where Tommy's at in Wyoming man should do it. Couldn't you guys harness a little bit of electricity to do a CAT scan or an X-ray or something like that instead of having to cut Ellie the F open? I mean, like, you guys seem to be real. If, if you guys took a couple of days instead of trying to harvest Ellie's organs to talk it out, I think most of them, those bastards in the freaking hospital would probably be alive still. You know, like I, I think they would have been like, Joel, we're going to run tests. We're not going to kill her and, and surgery her, uh, you know, unless we have to. Let's talk about like, you know, the possibilities of looking at her brain, looking at her spinal fluid, looking at stuff like that, you know, um, without having to kill her. Um, I think that everyone would be alive. What did everyone else think? Like, did anyone else think that like the fireflies are just like way too (laughs) eager to like cut someone up? I mean, like, come on, guys. Like. Any, anyone else? Just me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I definitely like. I definitely well, like. I even mentioned earlier, like the chances of you. First of all, you don't have state of the art technology to really process any yeah. of the stuff that you're working with, really. So, like, it's essentially it's meat potatoes, like you know, you know, backyard meth lab level like true. <laughs> medical shit going on true true so because of that like so to suddenly be like oh yeah so now we're going to try and synthesize the stuff that's in her brain to try and like first using what using what that microwave that clearly is not plugged into anything like how are you going to do this 
Sure. Granted, but what, wouldn't you wouldn't time be better spent trying to get that technology up to speed with the limited resources that you have than, you know, killing someone like right then and there? Like well, I mean, I would try I would try to see if there's anything in the blood to process to see yeah, if you can possibly sure. synthesize it. And there's and I know that there are ways to take some cerebral fluid without completely completely killing the person yeah. like, there are ways to do cerebral samples like i mean it's how they check for like you know like for like diseases and stuff like that as well so like it's there are much more non-lethal ways yeah. to check certain things there's different tests there are definitely way more tests that you could do without it i mean because clearly like i mean like there's there's clearly something going on because within the blood too or within something because the scanners pick it up on her so it's like there's got to be something more than just in here yeah. right like maybe there's maybe she's releasing some sort of like chemical I mean, pheromone there's so many yeah. things you could do there's so there's many so things many you ways. could do like I mean, you 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 were with ellie for three hours before you decide well we have to kill her you know ellie's damn it we're <laughs> not going to stop being immune you have years <laughs> to study her no, Damn we're gonna uh, chop her up like sushi. I've been cosplaying for I've been cosplaying as a surgeon for twenty years. I finally get to do my my murder of a child fantasy that I've always wanted to do. <laughs> All right, let me do it. Right, no. What kind of shit doctor are you? If like that's your go-to, I'm I not a doctor. I just said I was cosplaying. You have time. You have time. No one's getting. No one's getting more infected. Look, She's not getting less immune. You know, we were playing a lot of Tanasta. Okay, we just couldn't focus <laughs> on making uh, everything up to speed. Okay, we're just, they're, they're, lots of cards, super, lots of super cards. kill happy, right? I mean, Jordan, what do you think? Wait, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, um, so my thing is this: like, in a moment of desperation, and especially in a era of desperation, you're going to want to do all that you can in order to find something that gives people out there hope, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Fireflies, like this was their moment of maybe this is what gets us through this, right? And like like Kenji said, like they don't have all of this like CT scan, like they don't have all of that right now, right? Because mm -hmm. we're in a bare bones like survival society and um, they were like, this is what we got to do. We know that cordyceps in general right like in nature survives in the brain right so maybe there's something in the brain that can like stem cell research right like with like cancer and all that stuff that can be extracted in order to like create a cure for all of humankind right mm -hmm. don't necessarily agree with how they did it they're like yeah well like fuck you she's gonna just die and we're <laughs> gonna like find this shit out right and Joel's like, no, there has to be other people. And Marlene's like, no, there's nobody else. So my thing was like, okay, so what happens if this fails? Right? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, are you going to just, like, pretend that, like, nothing else happened, that you didn't kill somebody, right? Um, and so that was my struggle with this episode was, like, okay, but, like, you didn't do <laughs> – you didn't do all of your research. You did half-ass research. So how am I supposed to trust that this is going to work? 
that killing this individual is going to work, right? Yeah. And that's my struggle, right? Like, is the fact that, like, Joel was like, nah, fuck that shit. He was like, if I don't have 100% guarantee that this is going to work, it's it's game over. And that's what happened. But in this day and age, you can't have 100% guarantee, right? Like, you're just, you're, you're, you're pulling at, you know, um, different straws, you know? And so... I don't know. I it, it was extreme, but at the same time, I'm like, that's all they had, you know? I, that's very true. I, it always just felt, like, very kill-happy to me. Like, the surgeon's just like, oh, the flag and surgery, you know? He's just like, oh, we cut up the girl, did we get the... I'm like, shut up, surgeon. He's like, oh, I won't let you take her. I've got my scalpel, and I just want to use it, you know? Just like, like bitch. you realize he's got a fucking gun, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, no, he, brought, he literally brought a knife to a gunfight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's just very happy with that scalpel. I think he just wanted to cut people open, stupid bastard. No, no, but you guys are right. You don't have all the resources, but I feel like it's better. It's I would rather, if I was the surgeon, if I was the head of the fireflies, I'd rather wait like a couple of years to study Ellie as a living person rather than just automatically resort to let's cut her the fuck up and kill her you know i mean like that should be a last resort in my opinion but i don't desperation as you as you mentioned um jordan i i get it i think that that makes sense i i just feel like i sympathize and understand more you know uh, sympathize with joel's i i'd rather kill everyone all you know right now to say my daughter like there's a there's an emotional thing that, there that i i understand a little bit better than hey let's just kill her right here and now and it might not work you know so it's like yeah i don't know but yeah i i think there's one final topic that i do want to bring up um because i know that we're running short on time and that is the lie i know that we sort of touched on it we we talked about it and i want to know what you guys think I think it's one of the most haunting and it, it's it's on par with the final scene from Godfather part one where he shuts the door on Diane Keaton, in my opinion. It's one of the best endings, uh, open endings ever um, between two characters. And I think, um, you know, Ellie, it, it, the, the thing that kind of kept coming through my mind was what Maria told Ellie, you know, um, the the ones that hurt us the most or will betray us the most are the ones that we trust, you know? And I think that we see that very much so here in the situation of Ellie and Joel. Um, what did you guys think about that? What did you guys think about that moment? Um, what Joel did, how he's approaching this with Ellie. Jordan, I'd love to start with you. Yeah. Um, this was probably the most disappointing part of the entire episode. I So I had to rewind right because i was like i didn't he didn't say what i thought he just said right and like the minute that like ellie wakes up and they're traveling in the car and he goes yeah and he starts telling this entire bold-faced lie and i'm like the you have been honest honest with her the entire time right like and she was honest with you when she was like, yeah, the first person I killed was blah, 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 right? And, you know, yeah, you may have been like, yeah, I almost tried to kill myself. But then 
this part, I was like, you are a fucking asshole. I was like, I would have immediately just been like, yeah, they were going to experiment on you. They would have like, like opened your shit up. You were under anesthesia. I killed everybody. That's what happened. And she was like, no, we got to go back. I would have been like, okay, fine. Right. Like, cool. I thought I did good by you, but clearly I didn't. But I was like, I was sitting there watching this and I'm like, no, no, no. Because I know every parent will tell you there are certain white lies that you have to tell your kids in order for them to feel safe, in order for them to feel secure, in order for them to feel like they can exist in this world as themselves, right? Like, especially, you know, being that. But this, I was like, nah. Like, I don't think I could live by this. And this is what, like, it was just such a thing that, like, ended the entire episode for me where I was like, fuck like this is gonna create so many problems for you and like you are just setting yourself up for just fucking bullshit so yeah it was i was like god damn it like this is the ultimate thing that you cannot do to a child and he did it yeah and 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 in the behind the scenes right like bella ramsey's like she doesn't believe him like like 100 percent. like she doesn't think that this is true but Joel's the only anchor that she has to the world. And so, of course, she's yeah. going to be like, all right, fine. And I'm like, fuck, like, you've been through trauma. Like, you've been through all this fucking shit, right? Um, and so it was just, it was it was super perplexing to me and just incredibly horrible. Agreed. And, you know, it, I definitely, Bella Ramsey also said it really nicely in, the, in that same segment where she's like, she he would shoot, Ellie would rather continue to believe the lie yeah. than tell herself the truth about how someone, the only person that she loves in this world is lying to her and, and, you know, did all of this, you know? So um, it's really, it's really horrible. Kenji, what are your thoughts on the lie? It's it, first of all, you, it, it, the, the, the lie is clearly and obviously so paper thin. And and I, I keep calling her. I keep wanting to call her Bella. Ellie knows this too. Like up until this point, Joel, like you said, Joel has been honest with her. He may have omitted some information, but he's never boldface lied to her. Which is why, you know, it's it's one of those moments where it's like it's why she knows he's bullshitting her. It's why she knows he's lying. She knows he's lying. Even at the very end. She like even when she asks him, tell tell me that everyone's all right, and swear to me that everyone's okay. He lies to her again, but because she also realizes, it's because this girl sees so much deeper than we just than us seeing a man who's lying. He's she sees that she loves Joel enough to see that she sees a man that loves her as just as much. And he's afraid to lose her by any means, including yeah. possibly being seen as someone who's a monster mm. for doing the things that he's done. Yeah. She sees that. And she's choosing to accept him still for being this murderous person that he's saying he tries, he doesn't want to be anymore. You know, he doesn't want to be like this guy who just kills people for the sake of it. You know, he's, yeah. he's trying to let like, so like, 
it's you know she's she's once again in this weird way she's the one protecting joel in this mm. situation now mm. or it's like it's an it's a very interesting role reversal now in the situation yeah. where while the, up until this point joel was physically supporting ellie and protecting her physically from danger from harm emotionally he has not been able to really be there for her and now in this situation we have we see now that ellie who in a lot of ways is not physically capable of protecting joel really she has she's but she however has to protect him emotionally in a way that he can't protect her yeah so it's a very interesting kind of like relationship that ends up happening it's no long it's a very twisted and skewed way of looking at like a family's a family dynamic because i mean i'm sure there i mean i don't know how everyone else's family is but i know that i mean sometimes we we have family members where it's like we know things about them we know things about them that they don't think we know about them but because there's a part of us that still loves them that loves them so much we swallow our tongue yep because we don't want to hurt this person we don't want to possibly hurt them in a way by saying i know this thing about you even though technically it might be something that's long ago or in the past might even be technically speaking harmless in, by because of the time that has passed you know there's just there may be shame that's associated with it so like you just you're afraid of hurting these people so like you end up kind of in a way you kind of play along to protect them and yeah. i and i don't know i mean there i know that there have been a few times i've had to do it with with some of my own family members too. So like, you know, it, it's, I'm not going to get into it, but, <laughs> but you know, like, you know, but I feel like we've all kind of had a time where we've had to do something like that. And yeah. it's, um, it's, it's very interesting to see it play out in this kind of scenario, especially because you see that Ellie is way more, even though Joel's like what, 50 some odd years old. Yeah. 54 or something like that. Yeah. He's 54 because in the beginning of the game, he's 34, 20 years later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 54. Yeah, or I guess, or by this point, because it's been a year, 55, probably 50, 54, 55. Uh, he's he's still not, he has no emotional immaturity. He has no emotional maturity yeah. whatsoever. Uh, but Ellie does, and it's very, very, it's very interesting to see that like the person who's supposed to be the parent is in all intents and purposes has the emotional maturity of a child yeah. while the child has the emotional maturity of an of a very wise adult but anyhow that's just yeah. my that's my take on it and i and i love that and i love that that's that it, it's a fucked up world with a fucked up relationship you know and people that are fucked up in one way shape or form and i it's actually and you know but and then but it, yeah, that's the whole story about this right it's like despite all that fuckery there is still this little beautiful thing that is happening it's not perfect yeah like if you really look at it up close it's like it's like puddle muck you know like when you look at it up close it's really gross and you see the bubbles that smells like shit but then you step back and you see the whole scenic view of the forest for what it is Mm -hmm. you know and it's beautiful and you realize that 
the beauty that's part of that beauty and yeah yeah it's it's just a wonderful as a whole um not just this moment and i'm i'm saying this because you know we are on our last show we've gone through a journey with these characters and it, to your point kenji it has been a beautiful journey in a lot of ways we see the beauty of a lot of this journey we see the ugliness of a lot of this journey and we see the ugliness of things like love and purpose and protection as well as the beauty of love and purpose and protection we for for every bill and frank there's a henry and sam and all of that i think is reflected in the journey of these two characters of joel and ellie and quite frankly it's why this for all intents and purposes is my favorite game <laughs> no no it's okay my favorite game and my favorite game series and i think that they just knocked it out of the park because they captured everything beautiful about these games and i can't wait until we get the second part i know it's controversial for a lot of people for a lot of reasons but i i love that second i love that second game i think it's just as hauntingly beautiful devastating and heartbreaking as this and i can't wait for people to see um what they might do for season two and potentially as far as the adaptation of the second game goes what they do with that so oh gosh i mean yep. it's oh my god i mean <laughs> I mean, first of all, I mean, Genji gets it. First, first, I mean, I mean, certain people, certain uh, events happening aside, the mm -hmm. ending alone is just so powerful and it's so yeah. poignant. And it's like, and it's, <laughs> and it's in such contrast to the one that we just saw, yeah. you know, for this one. And no spoilers, of course, to folks any more than that. that. Yeah. Just yeah. that it's a full contrast. That's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying. It's yeah. in complete contrast, and there's just – I'm just really glad. I'm hoping that this opens the door for these guys like Druckmann, not just to – not to make more video games per se, but maybe even possibly making stories for television, not just Last mm. of Us, but like even maybe creating possibly original IPs. You know, yeah. that would be fucking fantastic, I think. I think, I think they clearly – they show that they have – a cinematic eye they have a way of doing things they know what they 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 understand the limitations of certain tools like uh, like cgi like they mm -hmm. understand the limitations of that so like and they and they understand they, they, it's more of like it's like it's the tool it's one of the tools in the swiss army knife of how to make a movie it's not the swiss army knife yeah you know and they understand yeah. that so i think just have them in charge of more projects. That's all I want. In charge of more projects. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Guys, it's been a wonderful season of television. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, every moment, um, you know, that you guys have been with us. Q-Ball, definitely. Um, some of our other friends out there who have been watching. You guys have been amazing. Thank you for all of your redemptions. Thank you for all of your thoughts. Uh, we could not have done this without you. And we love you guys so much for, for sticking with us. This is not the end. This is the end of season one. So when we get season two, we'll be back here. Same crew, everything talking about this and uh, basically having support group after every single devastating goddamn scene that this universe puts us through. <laughs> um, at least for the final time this season. Uh, Kenji, where can everyone find you? <laughs> 
Well, you can find me on my Instagram and TikTok at Kenjinator. You can also find me on on Twitch at the Kenjinator. I don't do a whole lot of streaming, but I really should really start getting into that. Uh, but on Sundays, uh, except for this Sunday, because uh, Pops is still technically still out of town. Uh, usually on Sundays, we are part of. I am part of something called the Gatewalker Saga. It is a D&D campaign that I do with my dad over at KDNLA. He is the Dungeon Master. It's a great campaign. I play an Eldritch Knight who's... Oh, it's a lot of fun. More often than not, because of the RNG that we use for... God damn it. Jordan. I'm trying to sell it. Yeah, because, sex sells, buddy. Yeah, we've got we've got merch. We've got merch, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, it's a because of the RNG that we use. Because of the RNG that happens more often than not for me for some freaking reason, my character often critical fumbles. So it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Definitely check it out. <laughs> Definitely check it out, everyone. Gatewalker Saga on Twitch every Sunday. Um, thank you, Kenji. Uh, Jordan Orozco, where can everyone find you? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Um, yes, I'm still promoting the Gatewalker saga. What um, are we? The wrong stream. The wrong at stream, that, Jordan. <laughs> at this point, you're just promoting your your side hustle, buddy. Just the no. I'm kidding. You know what? As long as I can promote something, um, it is I, a good side hustle. No, I'm kidding. You know, I wish yeah, it was. Yeah. I wish I wish it paid the bills, man. Um, <laughs> I am on Instagram, City Stars Thirteen. Um, I'm not really active or doing much on there i'm thinking about getting active on tiktok so uh not the same you know handle but we'll we'll figure that out i post a lot of funny stories so just like watch it do whatever you do um and do all that stuff so yeah that's where you can find me awesome uh both of you guys thank you so much for coming with me on this journey for being excellent co-hosts and for having the most amazing goddamn thoughts um It's been a pleasure to talk to both of you guys about this and to suffer through every moment of this show (laughs) with both of you guys. (laughs) Not thank God. Um, And and really, I it it, it's been amazing. I I could not ask for a better uh, group of people to talk about this with. And you better believe that when season two comes along, it's going to be the same crew, guys, because we, you know, we just loved it. We we loved every moment of this. It's so much fun. And then Carolyn, too. Um, she'll she'll be with us the next time as well. And uh, guys, for the last time this season, I'm Mike Manalo. Uh, you can find me at TuddyBullBoy182 on Instagram and Twitter. But you can also find me on the nerdsofcolor.org and, uh, you know, whattowatch.com. And that's at L.A. Um Till next time, everybody watch out for Cordyceps. And thank you guys for joining (laughs) us for this entire season. We love you. Thank you.